the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. 24 hours a day, seven days a week. The news never stops. Life goes on around town and around the world. You need a talk show that keeps track of it. A program with bold opinions that's always open to your views. That is this show. Welcome to the Mark Davis Show on 660 AM. The answer. All right, everybody. Eight o'clock hour underway. It is the 19th of January, which brings January 20th to mind, because that's Inauguration Day. Tomorrow begins the last year of the Biden administration, (laughs) one way or the other. So we're talking about all manner of things, all kinds of things in our mind, all kinds of things from the week gone by. And since the week has, in fact, gone by, and by the way, I did mention Dolly Parton's birthday. We've celebrated that, and we will continue to. She is 78. There was a woman born three years earlier lost way too early, making this one of the biggest one-two punches of female vocalists you could imagine. Here she comes as soon as we officially declare that it's Friday. Wow! I feel good. I feel good. Ow! I feel good. I feel good. I feel good. You want me to say I feel good? I feel good. I feel good. How many of you knew? I mean, I, I, kind of, I didn't oversell. I mean, who else could it really be? The great Janis Joplin. Born 81 years ago today. Part of the 27 Club. Club nobody wants to join. Big time musicians. Jim Morris and Jimi Hendrix, right? Kurt Cobain, too, right? Cry Baby from Pearl. Pearl was her last, the, the last album she actually recorded, released three months after her death. So great. That's where you get me and Bobby McGee and Move Over and Half Moon, Buried Alive in the Blues, and Cry Baby. It was, it was just this, this past year, uh, this, I'm just a huge, huge consumer of uh, musical biographies and memoirs. I'm, I'm, I mentioned I'm doing the Bernie Taupin book, Scattershot, now. And they are still just just scraping in the early, early uh, days, the late 60s of Elton and Long John Baldry and Bluesology. And, and Bernie Taupin is writing his, his first you know, clumsy attempts at, uh, at, at, at middle-of-the-road pop of the day before they start to sort of crank out their own uh, kind of stuff with the early, early records like Lady Samantha and Skyline Pigeon stuff you'll find. They released an Elton John album called Empty Sky later on. It was like his early, early stuff that he just didn't want to release until uh, he had firmly ensconced himself. Anyway, though, that, but that's obviously a, a memoir, an autobiography. Um, there are a lot of people who have written about Janice. 
Uh, my favorite one, well, I have a favorite now because I just read it this past year, is called Janice, and it's by a woman named Holly George Warren. So if you want to Amazon that, Janice by Holly George Warren, it was, it's just that whole, her ascendancy, very obviously a Texas story at its roots, uh, and then the just uh, what how she, what she did stylistically and what a trailblazer she was. And out there, and of course, that crazy 60s, you know, San Francisco scene, which was just filled with moral bankruptcy, of course, but also a whole, whole lot of creative genius and how that and, and it's funny because, you know, drugs got her, you know, there's there's no getting around that. But what what a sweet soul. Go YouTube some stuff of Janis Joplin on with Dick Cavett. Circa, I think, late 69, early 70. And um, I don't know, just, a, just a, a, a sweet girl and an unbelievably talented soul. There's, there's, you know, things like this are thrown around a lot. Nobody sang like her. Nobody. And catch, if you have, well, have you gone out looking for videos, look at her doing ball and chain from uh, Monterey Pop 1967. Just give yourself some time because you will need time to recover from it. It is it's otherworldly talent. Janis Joplin would have been eighty one today. Dolly Parton is seventy eight. You know, it's funny. I mean, how, how much? That's half of a Mount Rushmore of uh, not just women music of all music. So I don't know. I don't. I don't think Elvis shares a big birthday with anybody or John Lennon or McCartney. Or, I mean, I don't know. Is is it possible that Dolly and Janis Joplin might be one of the highest wattage combined birthdays out there? I don't know. All right. Hey, speaking of birth, let's see to it that more people are. Uh, January twenty second, actually Monday, is the Roe v. Wade anniversary, a day that will live in infamy. And that was nineteen seventy three. Took us half century to fix that, but. We did. And it's funny. Did anybody think that there would like be no more marches for life if Roe v. Wade were overturned? Please. The, the battle continues because across America, I mean, now that it has been returned to the states, we got to farm out across all across America to make as many states as possible as pro-life as Texas is. So the March for Life in D.C., uh, it'll be in a healthy snow. Today in D.C., uh, tomorrow, uh, the North Texas March for Life. Go to NorthTexasMarchForLife.org, NorthTexasMarchForLife.org, and here's how it goes. Starting at 8 o'clock tomorrow morning, prayer vigils at the Planned Parenthood clinics in Addison and South Dallas. I assume those buildings are inactive at the moment. Uh, so congratulations. Uh, then at 12.30, at the National Shrine Cathedral, Our Lady of Guadalupe on, on Ross Avenue, at 1230, the North Texas March for Life begins, and the march will be from the National Shrine Cathedral on Ross to Dallas City Hall Plaza, and they're given about 45 minutes for, for that march to occur, so that at 115, if you just want to, if you're not a march person, but you are a rally person, <laughs> you can just meet that arriving march at Dallas City Hall Plaza. That, of course, is 1500 Marilla. That slanty, crazy 70s uh, throwback building that is Dallas City Hall. Uh, and the Rally for Life will be tomorrow at 1.15. Very likely to run into Rhonda and folks of, of her noble ilk down there. The Texans for Life Coalition, the whole Catholic pro-life community. And of course, that's why we talk so much about birth choice and the other angels among us who are providing alternatives for women who don't want to be moms. Totally understand that. It's like, wow, I'm 16. Uh, this doesn't work. 
Or, you know, I've got three kids. I didn't need a fourth. Whoops. I mean, you know, but hey, when that happens, it happens. Unwanted pregnancy is a part of life. So what we're going to do is make it literally a part of life and be pro-life about it and have adoption and help and care and real, real nurturing for those 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 women who have what are called crisis pregnancies. So um, anyway, there you go. It is the North Texas March for Life, and that is tomorrow. And if you want to make that a part of your day, NorthTexasMarchForLife.org. Okay, a part of my life, uh, part of my night last night, and a, and a big part of my life, <laughs> Trump on Hannity. Because here we go, kids. Just here, is, as Dak might say, here we go. But do I need to be quoting Dak anymore? Yeah. All right, hang on. Before I hop into Trump on Hannity, this has been a week. Uh, we got together on Monday, just all slump-shouldered. Just can't believe it, but we can. I, I told you a week ago that my expectation was the Cowboys would beat the Packers. But I, I wasn't predicting it or emotionally investing in it. Because I've seen this movie too many times before, where this team is underprepared, undermotivated, and underperforms. That's just what they do. And I said, I don't think it'll happen this time. I mean, it's the number seven seed, the Packers. They, you know, they lost eight games. You know, it seems like the Cowboys were coming into their own, coming into their element. Maybe this is the year. And I wasn't you know, predicting Super Bowl, but maybe, sorta, you might, we might win one. And if we'd have won one, we'd host another one. We would be, I guess, hosting Detroit this week, <laughs> and uh, and um, and Tampa would go to um, San would go to San Francisco. So on Monday, it was like, okay, here, here we go, here 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 we were. It just we, we many I I had so many people on the Patriot Mobile Text Line and the Facebook page say, say they're going, predicting loss, predicting failure. I said, guys, are you that cynical? They said, yes. <laughs> and there was obviously reason for that cynicism because they rolled out another turd at home and lost and just got just stomped by the Green Bay Packers. Questions immediately arose. Many of you are ready for Mike McCarthy's head on a spike, ready to find another quarterback in Dak Prescott. A as was I, as am I, and and yet, it, and the reason this is a news story today is yesterday, huh, Jerry made it clear. I'm going with Mike. He's he's my guy. One more year. Come on, this time you got to believe. And that was and Mike McCarthy at a press conference last night. I mean, or, or yesterday during the day, and I was looking at details of that last night. And saying, I don't dislike him. And he's not a terrible coach. Mike McCarthy won a Super Bowl. <laughs> Just can't do it here. What's the deal? What's going on? And I don't know what it is, but it can't continue was the thought that wrapped around my brain. It can't continue. There are teams that would love to have Mike McCarthy. There are teams that would love to have Dak Prescott. So you know what? Let's find those teams. Let's find them so that everybody can be happy. I mean, happy is a relative term. Because if we got another coach, and everybody said, well, you know, and even Dan Quinn's stock you know, said, you, you're going to go with the guy that gave us that defense against against Green Bay? Pfft, really? I don't know. Quinn has a future. Maybe here, maybe not. I don't know. But Pete Carroll of Seattle fame is available. I would take Belichick. Are you kidding? Of course I would. The guy knows how to win. <laughs> Boy, does he. Anyway, uh, uh, but here's the thing. 
it is hard to fire people who have had this kind of success. It's harder. It's harder. Shouldn't be, but it is. What do we win 12 games three years in a row? You know how much Tennessee or Atlanta or, or, or a ton of would love to win 12 games one year, much less three years in a row? McCarthy did that. And Dak did that. But the bar is set differently here because we've been, we got used to seemingly forever ago, we got used to winning Super Bowls. And Jimmy Johnson took one of the worst performances in NFL history, our 1-15 and season, and turned that around lickety-split into three Super Bowls in five years. Um, Jimmy had more words of inspiration for this team on TV than Mike McCarthy has had in a few years. Jimmy was on fire, saying it was 27-7. I said, guys, you can win this game. Speed it up. Go to it. Take it to him. Pick up the pace. You can't have Jordan Love having all that. that much. you got to get after him. You can't give him that much time. We can win this game if you play the way you are capable of playing. And there's 80-some-year-old Jimmy Johnson with more fire in the belly than I think McCarthy will ever have. And I'm, I'm not bagging on him. I don't hate him. I love Dak. I love Dak. I love the story. I love the kind of guy he is. They are not the guys, it seems. There's enormous evidence that they are not the guys. So a bold, forward-thinking man at the helm says, guys, love you. You've done some good things, but not enough good things. We have to make a change. A forward-thinking, bold, plugged-in leader of a team says that. Jerry Jones got to love him. And I'm not a Jerry hater, not at all. Jerry brought us those Super Bowls. I hope you like them. I hope you like them very much. I did want him back. Everybody wants him back. And these guys are not going to bring him Dak gets another year older, just not going to happen. And so you're casting your fate. It's like, I mean, the, 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 the streets are not lined with quarterbacks who you instantly know are better than Dak, who can actually win in the postseason. Who exactly would that be? Who can, whom, whom can you get? Whom can you draft? Is Cooper Rush maybe good enough to do it? Maybe. Trey Lance, our third-string guy, is he maybe good enough to do it? Maybe. But I may have more faith in rolling the dice and seeing if somebody else can do it than I have faith in the guys who are here who have shown us repeatedly that they cannot. So So that's it. So next year is just going to be weird um still got all this talent still got all these weapons i think it's possible with certainly with pressure tapping them on the shoulder cowboys were what 12 and 5 this year i think it is distinctly possible they may have a better regular season record next year they may be 14 and 3 next year they may not spit the bid against a bad team the way they always do this year Arizona they may they could they could go undefeated I swear I mean this they could go undefeated next year and still cough it up in the first round of the playoffs so I'll wake me up when we win two playoff games in a row it's not like I won't care it'll be fun but it won't no, regular season does not matter does not matter all right, I had to get that out. 825.
big hit when I was in the womb. Do I need to deliver hits on one day that are like from my personal gestation period, which I guess is February to November 1957? (laughs) Everly Brothers, Bye Bye Love, Phil Everly, would have been 85 today. Good long life there, lived to be 2014. Already into the newsroom we go, Nikki Whaley, and then back on to the phones with you, 866-660-5759. Speaking of moms, there is a famous mom or a famous woman who happens to be a mom, who has uh, some bold takes on cell phones for the kids. So we're going to give some credit where credit is due. There is some sanity you can find in Hollywood. In the newsroom, here's Nikki. The album came out in 1968. Janis Joplin... And Big Brother in the Holding Company and Peace of My Heart on this Janis Joplin's birthday. I mentioned that biography of Janis written by Holly George Warren. She talks about these years, 66, 67, 68. And I mean, and, and she talks about the the writing and the composition of and some of these early experimental, uh, you know, albums with Big Brother and the Holding Company with songs like Combination of the Two and I Need a Man to Love and and her take on the old classic Summertime and of course the the famous Ball and Chain. Just it's, it's a good day. Get if you want to celebrate what would have been Janice's eighty first birthday, uh, get that Janice. Uh, Biography by Holly George Warren. Okay, 866-660-5759. We are in Oak Point. Kevin, Mark Davis, welcome. How are you? Pretty good, Mark. Got a couple things for you this morning. Ready. Uh, The first first thing is a small thing. Did you forget this year is leap year? Well, no. So there's a Feb 29. Did I make some reference that indicates that that slipped my mind? Yeah, uh, when you mentioned it was a day and a year till inauguration ah! day. Well, no, no, it's still, well, okay, well, ooh, oh, oh, okay, wait a minute, words mean things. Okay, whoa. Right. No, no, but a leap year is still, okay, it's not 365 days, but okay, mm-hmm. so here, oh, this is awesome. This is so dorky, it's a perfect Mark Davis premise, you ready? So today is January, gotcha. so today is January 19th. Would right. Would you suggest that a year from today is January 18th? Uh, could be. Yeah. No. Okay. Here, no, I'm, I'm, call, I'm calling no. Because that'll, okay. that'll make us all crazy. Your point is, is mathematically accurate. 365 days from today is January 18th, right? Uh, a, year, a year from now is January 19th. But it is a leap year because leap years by mm-hmm. definition have Because I think that's the only way to maintain our, our mental health. So I get you get your point. So so yeah, because otherwise, if every four years, you know, let's say you're sitting around on, you know, April 5th, just to make it say, well, I tell you, a year from today, April 4th, no, 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 make us all crazy. Right. And mathematically, yeah, both of us are right. Of course, of course, of course. Exactly right. You're right. I was telling Rhonda that the the thing with the Cowboys and you can go as far as the Eagles yeah. because they was what 10 and one before right. they just imploded. Yep. The thing is, is I watch NASCAR. Uh-huh. I, I'm a big NASCAR guy have been for decades. Yeah. The thing is, is, is anyone in that sport will tell you 
You can't run first if you consistently run 15th and 20th. <laughs> you got to step it up. You got to start running 10th. Right. Then you got to start running fifth. Yeah. Then you got. Then you're in the process of getting in first. The football's no different. If they're going to take and be a contender for a championship, they got to step it up that just a little bit much more to be there. Just because you did good in the regular season doesn't mean you can win a championship. True, except I think that is solid logic. Once again, another piece of solid logic mm-hmm. from you. But here I come rushing in with a with an asterisk, or as they say in Maryland, mm-hmm. an asterisk. Every once in a while, you'll get a Super Bowl champion that was doodly squat the previous year. You'll you'll get. I mean, yeah. you'll yeah, the the the, the uh, I guess the Ravens cranked one out when they had not had a previously great year. You'll I mean the the whole worst to first concept. Every once it yeah. sometimes it just happens. That I mean we and I guess this is parity. I guess it's what the NFL kind of wants. It makes things sort of interesting in a certain way. I like dynasties. I think dynasties are fun. Yeah. Uh, it was, it's fun. It's, I like to live where one exists. That's kind of fun. Packers were one. Cowboys were one. Um, yeah, but Packers, the Packers, if you go back and look what they've done in the last 10 weeks, they're, they were playing a lot better football than yes. the Cowboys were. Of, of course they were. Of course they were. A- exactly. So, all right, well, then, with all this put together, what what do you think should I, – I, I guess I'm re- – you know, reading the tea leaves well do you, do you believe that hard hard as it is to 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 show the door to somebody who is as good as mccarthy and is as good as dak do you advocate change at both positions uh no i don't and, and one conclusion to this is is, yeah. is our trash day was like on tuesday this week right okay right i saw just as many Eagles jerseys as I did Cowboys jerseys, <laughs> which so is awesome. zero, zero. I saw none. Yep. So for all the bluster of all the fans, I Eagles know. or Cowboys, whoever, nobody's throwing away their jerseys. It, you know, which led one writer, and I don't, I don't know who it was. It led a writer. I'll find it. So there's all kinds of folks who write such good stuff on the Cowboys beat, and somebody wrote that maybe we're the problem. Maybe we in the media are the problem. Maybe the fan base is the problem. Not you and me, we, but I mean, just that because the Cowboys can be great and 100,000 people go to the games. The Cowboys can suck and 100,000 people go to the games. The the appeal of the Cowboy and, and, and Jerry Jones, uh, we continue to reward him for, for a product that has not been as good as it should be. But I don't know what the, we're not going to have half of Jerry World empty. There will, if there are 50,000 people, for opening day next year, who are going to say, doggone it, I'm not going to show up until we start winning playoff games. There'll be 50,000 people who will crawl on broken glass to go to their first Cowboys game. So the marketplace will correct. always reward them. That's correct. Yeah. Now, such is, and you know, hey, such is life. Such is life. Kevin, thank you. Thank you very, very much. Appreciate it. Okay. Uh, the actress story. Let's, let's, let's play a little game called Who Said This? Okay. This woman who is a mom has kids, let me back into it this way. How old were your kids when you gave them a cell phone? I mean, in these days, of course, a smartphone, the actual where they're, the world is right in front of their faces, which is a modern wonder and also a horrific societal poison at, at the same time. Sucks the brain right out of your children's heads. And by the way, little side trip, the movement underfoot, underway, underfoot, underway, <laughs> the movement in progress 
um, no cell phones in classrooms, mandatory, mandatory. Now, I know there's a safety angle, and it was just yesterday that, uh, and we're going to cover this a little bit because, uh, are we? I guess so, yeah. Uh, the most unsurprising uh, report ever that revealed that, that the Uvalde school showed a shooting at Robb Elementary that, uh, wow, the police were not on their game. Uh, shocker. Who knew that? Um, day, days like that will happen. Uh, it's horrible uh, in, a, in a society filled with human flaws. Days like that will happen. Um, we'd like to have fewer of those with better school security, better attention, oh, I don't know, to mental health and potential shooters and stuff like that. Not with red flag laws, they're unconstitutional, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But as we work on trying to minimize the days where that happens, if it ever does, you kind of want your kid to have a cell phone so that, you know, he or she can call you and say, hey, there's a shooter in the school. I mean, so I, I totally get it, totally, totally get the safety angle of your kid having a phone. Doesn't have to be in your kid's face or even in, I mean, I, I don't know what the best logistics thing is to this. Maybe it's as this would be weird. Have the kids like put the phones somewhere as they come into the room. Ah, that's unwieldy, isn't it? I don't know which one's mine. Well, somebody stole mine. I don't know. Eh. Maybe just something where they can have it in a backpack. Just can't have it out. Maybe that works. Doesn't it? You cannot, it cannot be in your hand. It cannot be you, they, on your desk. It, it just can't. I mean, if something horrible happens, reach into your backpack, fire that baby up for safety reasons, and the safety uh, angle is covered. But it cannot come out. It can't. This is just, it's it's destroying education. It's destroying classroom atmosphere. Just as, as over-reliance on and focus on and obsession with screens is destroying our children's brains. So how old was your kid when you handed him a phone? Uh, Regina was, well, was 16 when I, when did the iPhone come out? Oh, seven. Well, she was 16. So that was, so I guess pretty, pretty soon after that, I guess, Oh, here's a new thing. Uh, Ethan, we, we, you know, his, his homies and compadres were, were coming up with um, cell phones that, uh, we were a little later, you know, I think they're like thir- 13, 14. I think he might've been 15 and complained every day. He <laughs> said, your, your time will come. And he, so yeah, 15, 14, five, six years ago. He's, he's 20 now. I know. Shocker. Um, it, so the reason I say that is the actress who I'm referring to, she admitted that she felt part of a minority in wanting to shield her children from social media with her kids now 10 and 12, she is reiterating her stance and sharing that her children still don't have phones. Is that where I guess that's obviously where we are obvious. I mean, I know it 10 and 12. It's just, does every flip and 10 and 12 year old have a phone now? Of course they do. Talk show boy. Five-year-olds have phones. Now, this is I'm not talking about sitting at a restaurant where maybe you get to eat a meal in peace because, um, you know, little Jenny has a, a, a an iPad in front of her and can watch, uh, you know, Little Mermaid, whatever. But but act, but kids with, hey, here's a phone. Man, that is, that's a big moment. And one of the reasons that we did 
go ahead and let him have one is we hovered over we hovered over that kid, we hovered over that phone. We were constantly aware, as aware as you can be, of what the heck he was doing. And there hasn't been any. There's I've, I've never found a terrible thing on his phone. He's such he's a he's a fine young man. <sighs> Doesn't always happen. You can be fantastic parents. The world. The, you talk about a fallen world. I talk about a fallen world all the time. Uh, that fallen world can get straight to your kid's brain and straight to your kid's heart through that damn phone. Excuse me. And so you got to be. Really, really careful. Anyway, uh, shall I reveal who this is? And good for just another reason to love her, Penelope Cruz. She and her husband, Javier Bardem, there's a power couple. Man, that's some talent in that marriage. So those kiddos, she has a 10-year-old and a 12-year-old. Um, What are their names? They have cool names. Leo and Luna. And she said, look, it's easy to be manipulated, especially if you have a brain that's still forming. This was in an interview in Elle magazine. And who pays the price, she said? Not us, not our generation, who maybe at 25 learn how to use a BlackBerry. It's a cruel experiment on teenagers. And that was Penelope Cruz's quote about her her kids that she has with... Uh, it's kind of funny, she says she... Here's a weird... Um, this on a Fox News page. Cruz shares her son, Leo, 12, and daughter, Luna, with fellow actor Javier Bardem. Shares? I mean, I guess. Usually, isn't that what you hear? Like after there's been some terrible divorce, I thought, no, don't tell me that marriage broke up because I love both of them and I like when marriages stay together. No, they're still married. So, yeah, not in the way that uh, Chris Martin and Gwyneth Paltrow share their kids after that conscious uncoupling or whatever that nonsense was. All righty, Mark Davis, six sixty a.m. The answer. Oh, calls. Let's go to the next eight fifty one. You kind of have to do it. On Dolly's birthday. Jolene, 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 Jolene. She is 78. I'm begging of you, please don't take my man. That is such a wild, I still can't get over the wild one-two punch of Dolly Parton and Janis Joplin with the same birthday. I think we're going to close with Janis roughly an hour from now. What will I pick? What will I pick? All right, let's close the hour with Jonas in Dallas, and then we'll continue all this, all of our topics heading into the 9 o'clock hour. Hey, how you doing? Hey, great. It's wonderful to talk to you. Thank you. Um, yes. Uh, well, I'm calling about the cell phone issue with children. Mm-hmm. Um, I have three kids, one in high school and two in elementary. Mm-hmm. Um, my daughter was the first one to receive a phone, and she managed it very well. Mm-hmm. It was obviously for communications, uh, especially during drive line, uh, where you're at, get in the car kind of thing. Absolutely. And... Uh, the, he moved on to high school, so the older boy had to be in charge. So we gave it to him at the age of ten. Oh, um, okay. Well, what, what do you mean? What b- b- time? I'm sorry. What do you mean he had to be in charge? Well, uh, since my uh, oldest uh, child went to high school, right. he left elementary. He's in charge of his younger brother to kind of manage. Oh, got so there. The whoa, okay. Um, in what kind of situation? Where, where would the 10-year-old be in charge, like, without an adult nearby? So, um, we, we are in the charter school mm-hmm. in Garland, mm-hmm. and the way it is is that uh, you drive in, you have your placard, they see a number, they message the kids, 
I get it. I get it. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, listen, there's so, so, and this, and this is not sinister. And there's, we we all have these things and there are things that are convenient and things that logistically make sense. And I I get your point about he he is all of a sudden, you know, uh, king of the hill kid wise. And so, but boy, the, the, if, if a situation like that does arise, just makes it so important to make sure that uh, you're getting all the positives and as few of the negatives as possible of giving a fourth grader a cell phone. Thanks, sir. Appreciate it. 866-660-5759. Mark Davis, 859. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.